2: Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts, i Sequoia Kennedy.
3: And I'm Willow Truman.
2: Willow, how you doing? You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> so like a week or two ago, I was doing that thing where to feel better about myself, I go and soak in the schadenfreude of uh, people who are objectively doing a lot worse than I am. Mm. Yeah, you know, that is, I went browsing... R slash Occult Conspiracy.
3: Ah, that's one way to do it. One way to
2: do it, Another way to do it? Yeah. Watching a
3: lot of TLC shows.
2: Basically the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You, Oh,
3: I do, because I do the same thing. Doesn't always help, though.
2: No, it doesn't.
3: No, sometimes it makes me feel more crazy. Yeah.
2: Well, this time, a post caught my eye. The title was, This thread is very important. I had the craziest salvia experience. I escaped into the dimension of the spinning wheels. It is fucking insane and the most real thing next to being alive.
3: Oh, I think I went there, too. Well, that's the thing.
2: Now, I've mentioned on here that one Salvia trip I had when I was 16 that scarred me for fucking life and still sometimes creeps up behind me to scare the shit out of me. Right? Yeah? Well, the phrase dimension of the spinning wheels grabbed me.
3: Yeah, me too. And I had to click it. That feels like it it's similar to my experience, but in a very different way than yours. So what's yours?
2: Well, you're a weirdo. Well, I... Well... What's this person's experience? Let's talk about this person's experience. Willow, would you please read this excerpt from this post?
3: Oh, I'd love to. In fact, it's more real than you being alive right now. The wheel is the reality printer. When you start getting high, the wheel rolls over you and picks you up from your 3D dimension and spins you into its 2D dimension because we're just printed as holograms as the wheel turns. Reality Imagine seeing clearer with your eyes closed, a concept that most people can't imagine. There were many wheels and people were trapped in them. There is a feeling of being there millions of times and each time being fooled. A feeling of that's where we go when we die and then brought back to life and we forget all about it. A feeling of some kind of evil entity that's up to no good. Salvia is the truth to this world. While I was on that wheel, I could see many people screaming for help, and I could see their faces with 100% clearness. I would not classify salvia as an ordinary drug, it's something far more powerful. The strange part is, my friend who was smoking with me didn't even get nearly as high as me, and didn't see the wheel. Some people are more tolerant to it, I guess. It is some scary shit. I also felt hostility being in this dimension, and a feeling of, better get out or you'll die permanently. While I was there, I was able to explore the wheels. They had many people trapped in them. I'm not sure who these people are. Maybe they're also people doing salvia and we all merge into the same dimension during our trip.
2: Not that many people do salvia.
3: Because all of these people seemed to be tripping out as the wheel turned, they were also saying the same thing as me and noticing that we're all trapped in a prison-like system when we die. Everybody was saying stuff like freedom doesn't exist, life is all an illusion, etc. Somehow I ended up in some kind of scene where I was at a coffee table and I was some kind of guy talking to this woman. I could see her face clearly and I don't even know who I was or who the woman I was talking to was. I think I jumped into someone's body. Then I escaped her body and I was traveling through the stream of consciousness. There was some kind of force that wanted me out of this dimension because I was learning too much while staying alive. It was kind of a signal to get out or be reborn again. The craziest part is when my high gets back to sober, the wheel starts fading out and I could see the real world better. And the wheel literally prints me back into reality, into a 3D person as it rolls over the ground and keeps rolling as it drops me off.
2: Now, here's the fucked up thing. That is like note for fucking note. What happened to my stupid ass? (laughs) Except it happened to me with better grammar and vocabulary and shit. Like, after the fact, I mean, when I first came down, it was mostly like... But
3: but scary. Did you feel that sensation of being flipped around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me
2: too. Like, that basically exact post. Mm -hmm. Note for note. Note for fucking note. So I kept reading the comments, right? I found this comment. Well, would you please?
3: Whoa. I've seen the wheel. I've had premonition dreams on and off my whole life. They come randomly. I try not to take them too seriously since it distracts me from my regular day life. However... I've seen the wheel it was a dark almost wooden looking but also metallic and mechanical thing it had compartments in it where people would be sucked in just like you're saying it would roll over them and they'd be trapped in them and it was filled with despair there was a sense that these people were suckers fools they'd walk in happy and get sucked in like a vacuum like they thought they were going to do something important they would have business clothes on and had various roles that they thought they'd fulfill but then the wheel would suck them in and they'd realize it was a trap They were trying to get out, but were stuck. I could feel it as a sickening feeling in my gut, nauseous and overwhelming, like being extremely sick from alcohol. It wasn't alive, it was more machine-like, and that's part of what made it so awful. It was taking people's expectations of having meaning and purpose and just rolling over them and sucking them into these traps for no reason other than that's just its function, no bigger meaning. And it wasn't like it was a punishment either. These seemed to be normal people, just, and I was aware that these were lifetimes, and I was aware that these were lifetimes being consumed and played out, not just moments of being trapped, but more like someone's entire being and essence and everything they could ever be, all sucked down into the compartments of this wheel.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like that um, one bit because, again, same fucking thing that traumatized me for life. Even the wooden metallic machine thing. Like, these people are describing a place, and I've been there, and I don't like it one bit. But, meh. Nah, but this is why I only go on these subreddits for schadenfreude and a little ego boost. Right. I don't know what the fuck is going on, and I'm perfectly content to put off thinking about that.
3: No. It's so right. interesting how different people have um, similar experiences, but completely opposite emotional reactions to it.
2: I have had very dark, very sad, very scared. <laughs> it was not fun. Yeah. But, also... That could be because perhaps the the drug un- whose influence I was under is not necessarily a euphoric drug. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of fucking weird. Maybe I was just kind of scared from being a teenager did showing you, something I wasn't ready for.
3: Did you understand what it was going to do before you did it? Not really. Yeah. No. That but, it was I, like I, an intense disassociative, like you're going to go to a, like another realm. Yeah, but like, You're going to leave this earth.
2: Yeah, but I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> You're gonna go to another dimension. Yeah,
2: because like I've been to other dimensions. Because people
3: say that when like they're gonna smoke weed, like yo, this weed's gonna take you to another. Oh, that's d-. not but, true. Like, that's no. Silly. no, literally, salvia will. Yeah, take you somewhere. Salvia,
2: else. DMT, you ketamine, know I like they all do that. Some are more, a lot more friendlier than the others, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyway, these poor fuckers, uh, they. You oh, know wheel, what's going on.
3: That, that wheel sucked them up and spit yeah. them back out.
2: They've seen uh, the truth. This isn't some metaphor bullshit. We got no time for artsy-fartsy pussy shit like nuance and reasonable doubt. Fuck that. As explained to these poor fuckers in this thread, the truth is indeed out there. And it's more horrifying than you could possibly imagine. And as someone in that thread said, you're going to want to head over to another subreddit for the real hot shit. So today, we are covering Escaping Prison Planet. Ah, uh, yes. It's like Gnosticism in The Matrix had a baby, and then that baby got dropped on its head.
3: <laughs> it's beautiful. It's it completely like, you know, talking about the wheel, the wheel yeah. of life, Samsara, the yeah. cycle of life and death. Very yeah. interesting view of life and death going on in this subreddit. It
2: is. It is. I mean, essentially, we're being farmed.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: It's The Matrix. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But before we get into all of it, let's pull a tarot card, and then we'll talk at long last about what's really going on here.
3: Hm. Death. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thanks. Hmm. Lovely.
3: Yes. Then we we went on a podcast, Sequoia, talking about our greatest fears and what what was yours again?
2: Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: It's appropriate for today's episode.
2: But realistically, the death card.
3: Yeah. Right?
2: It's a card of transformation.
3: Yeah. I'm excited uh, to talk about that at the end for sure.
2: It's also very literally appropriate. All right. Okay. Well, then. All right.
0: And the joint began to swing You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing Let rock Everybody let it rock Everybody in old cell block Was dancing to the tail of rock Spider Murphy played his in a saxophone Little joint blowing on the slide trombone
2: So escaping r slash escaping prison planet Is a subreddit in the same family as r slash occult conspiracy, that is lots of words, not a lot of brain wrinkles. The sort of folks who make you start to agree with the secret part of secret societies, you know? And I don't like also maybe like licenses to have kids or something. It's not good and I don't feel good about it. No. So whatever. It makes me a bad person when <laughs> I these people shouldn't breathe.
3: It makes me feel really bad for them. I know. They must hate life so much. Well, that's that's the thing. It you know? They carry so much guilt.
2: Yeah. And like also in the family is R slash reincarnation truth. And basically, I used yes. Escaping Prison Planet as the title because it's like the best name, you know?
3: I would lump like Saturn Storm Cube sort of in the same tradition. In the same tradition, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: it's like another branch on the tree. Definitely. But, but it's a close branch.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like what we're really talking about here is something like, I don't know, Xanax addicted cyber Gnosticism. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. A quick look at the posts on r slash escaping prison planet. will like show us what we're dealing with here. Let's mosey on over.
3: I mean, I literally was reading one like before you got here just because it's one of the subreddits that I'm subscribed yeah, yeah. to. It was someone talking about um, the relationship between us eating meat and the archons feeding off of us. You know, right. how we're being farmed. How They were like, oh, my God. But wait, we also farm animals, too. <laughs> oh, God. Is that bad? <laughs> and someone's like, well, you know, on, on a micro and macro level, everything's eating everything in order to survive. Life needs to, like, swallow other life in order to sustain. Is that, like, an evil thing? I don't know. I right. guess that's up to you to decide. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just somebody having a complete meltdown.
2: I, I, I love that they, like, accepted the reptilian shit before they realized the implications of eating meat, Is like, I'm pretty sure the metaphor goes the other direction. Right. You know? Well, he's precious. You know, we got, like, here, it's game over once you know the truth. I just want to make something clear here to help people out. I see that there are a lot of questions recently about how to, how to escape this prison planet. Do we escape through the cheese hole grid? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Turn away from the white light and then go to Source. I aim to impart some gnosis, or deep intuition, I have learned within myself, which currently forms my truth with you. First, let's go to the beginning. Oh, this is a long one. Let's let's not go to the beginning. There's a lot of a lot of lengthy posts in here. Don't don't forget to also be proud of yourself. One post says, "Yeah." And it's a screenshot of a tweet that says, "The fact that they erased your memory and you still found your way back to Source is off the charts."
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. No. There's um.
3: I Okay, I love this post. All right, what do you got? It's titled, We Are Dealing With An Infestation. Uh. And they say, there are things which should exist and do not, and there are things that should not exist but do. Mm. This post deals with the latter. How many experiences, first- or second-hand accounts, stories of entity attachment, demonic possession, alien abduction, psychic rape and overall wickedness does one have to hear before they realize that there's something wrong with this picture? I don't care what you call them. Demons, aliens, angels, extra dimensionals, whatever you have. There are creatures who do not have humanity's best interest in mind, and they do in fact go bump in the night. So how do we deal with this? Call the police? They'll have you institutionalized. The hospital? (laughs) Same thing. Religion seems to work for some, but... It's uh, chock full of its own dogma, and don't get me started on the new age. They'll have you thinking that you did this to yourself and that you should enjoy being spiritually raped. So what's the truth? I'm not talking about his truth or her truth. I mean the truth. I may not be a Christian, but I do agree that the truth sets us free. This leads me to my final point. I believe that we're up to our eyes and over our heads in spiritual and, at times, physical war. And these things are not friendly. They cannot be trusted. And how do you annihilate an enemy that evades the very grasp of your understanding? How? What is the answer? What is the cure? How many more have to suffer unspeakable horrors before the nightmare comes to an end? Giving up is not an option. There must be a solution to this deceptive hell we call our home, this prison as it were. That's just
2: good well, god beautiful Yeah, that's um
3: That's the ideology. That's
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not enjoying life.
3: No, and they've created an enemy. Yeah. A cosmic enemy an unbeatable.
2: An unbeatable cosmic enemy.
3: And they're all just sitting in the subreddit fucking talk, "Oh, we're getting farmed." Where? Like,
2: "Enjoy the ride, man." Just fucking chill out. <laughs> Just fucking chill out, dude. Honestly. You're probably just a figment. Of, I'm probably just still tripping on salvia and you're all figment of my imagination. It's fine.
3: Who knows? Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just enjoy it.
2: Vibe. I say as I just suck down my nicotine stick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but there's a pinned, there's a pinned post to the top titled, I've researched the afterlife for nearly 10 years. I'm convinced that reptilian beings are real and that the tunnel of light that people see when they die is a trap. And yo, this post is formatted so well.
3: It's a beautiful post.
2: It really is. A, this is a masterclass in posting and how to kickstart some sheer, sheer madness.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's gorgeous.
2: I'm honestly so impressed. You never see shit this well formatted, f- formatted and well written. Like there's sections, there's sources such as they are. There's links. It's organized. Just bravo. Bravo, Esoteric Ninja. Bravo.
3: Yeah, he, he really did that.
2: Anyway, this breaks it down. As far as evidence goes, there's a lot of, um, I would say, interesting stuff, you know?
3: Yeah, the, the evidence is... Um... Well, there's there is some interesting stuff
2: in the evidence. There's the tales yes. of the military remote viewers, mm-hmm. Bob Monroe. Oh, yeah. Weird shit seen on psychedelics, et cetera, et cetera. To some interesting, but for the wrong reasons, stuff like the raw material from the Law of One. And then it gets into uh, the David Icke reptilian category and on to even further depths, if you can believe it.
3: Oh, it gets real deep. It gets deep. It gets
2: deep. It's a long post, too. Yeah. And the author does the thing where they have some asshole saying that, like, our reincarnations are so the aliens can harvest our energy. And then present a, you know, fairly sane argument for reincarnation. Right? And then <laughs> use that argument, like, and see, even this person says reincarnation is real. So by proxy, that means that our re- the reincarnation wheel is feeding some evil thing. Right. Like. Right. Use things that don't prove one another to prove one another. Yeah. And it's a tactic that gets used over and over in this post, which we will see. But it it's fucking sneaky and it works and it works not because it's a compelling argument, but because it creates um associations between these concepts that just sort of pops the door open. Right. To accept stuff. Right. And fill your head full of more shit. So. According to the author of this post, Esoteric Ninja, or as I'll refer to them, uh, regardless of gender, Homeboy. Uh, According to Homeboy, there exists a malevolent ancient alien race called the Reptilians. We all know about the Reptilians.
3: Yeah, and of course they go by a bunch of different names over time. You know, they've been called different things.
2: Yeah. According to various cultural legends and esoteric knowledge, these entities have influenced humanity over thousands of years. Both physical and astral beings, the Reptilians are credited, credited with creating an energy grid that traps souls in a cycle of reincarnation on Earth. This is done via a projected tunnel of light, the go-towards-the-light mm-hmm. light. It's a trap. It's a trap, and it re- wipes memory clean before reincarnation. This cycle of reincarnation is suggested to serve the reptilians' need to feed off low-frequency, negative human emotions. And: right. Reptilians are described as intelligent, technologically advanced, and lacking empathy. Like, they're, they're both astral things and full-on aliens. Yeah. You know? Uh, They allegedly view humans as enslaved cattle and themselves as gods, and this theory argues that humans have been falling for this reincarnation trap repeatedly due to memory wiping, making each life feel like a new experience.
3: Right. I mean, it is. it does make things pretty difficult, you know? If reincarnation was real and you get a memory wipe, you know, I guess it keeps things fair for everybody, maybe? Sure. Every time they, they go around.
2: I mean, lots of people claim they can remember past lives and shit. That's true. I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm not. I don't think that reincarnation is necessarily not true.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I Think there's it's probably more likely than other. Uh,
3: like it would be options, but it would just be inconvenient to walk around remembering all of your past lives. Oh, it'd suck. You know, it it makes a lot more sense that you just kind of get wiped clean, and then maybe if you're lucky, you get anklings that like pop through every now and then that give you pertinent information. Right. Um. That that's relevant to this lifetime. Yeah. I mean. But otherwise, why the fuck? You know, you dump out most of your own memories. I don't even remember most of my own life, yeah. let alone other lifetimes. I, mean, I don't need to carry around that shit.
2: I mean, look at you know, that's the that's the thing about the Dalai Lama. He mm-hmm. remembers all his past lives. Yeah. Look what it did to him. Right. <laughs> Tell telling children to suck his toes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to forget that shit.
3: Yeah, it's not good to remember everything.
2: It's not. It's really not. <laughs> so homeboy also states that our our consciousness interacts with higher dimensions that can't be perceived with physical senses upon physical death or during out-of-body experiences the soul enters the astral realm homeboy asserts that in this realm parasitic entities like the reptilians exist and can manipulate their appearance deceiving souls into mm-hmm. consenting to this reincarnation cycle
3: yeah they can also fuck with you when you're like in dreams and stuff too
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anything that appears and fucks with you is definitely one of these bad guys and they'll also like present themselves as trustworthy beings like family members or religious figures to Mm -hmm. try and trick you um and you know this homeboy uh says like they can do this because the laws of physics on our world don't apply in the astral plane their souls exist as pure energy and can change their form move about do all the things that they need to to make the story
3: yeah yeah
2: um but awareness of these deceptive tactics is crucial to avoid being trapped in the cycle of reincarnation. Homeboy concludes by suggesting that even benevolent looking entities in the astral plane can be malicious beings in disguise based on their ability to shape shift in the astral realm. Don't trust a goddamn thing. It's trust very nobody. unhealthy. It's super unhealthy. It's hyper very, very paranoid. Unhealthy. It's super paranoid with no solution and it just sucks forever. Yeah. Yeah. According to Homeboy, Parasitic entities may manipulate souls into reincarnation, posing as trusted spiritual figures to suggest a need to pay karmic debts or fulfill a mission, you know. They'll use tactics exploiting religious beliefs and twisting the concept of free will, leading to a cycle of memory erasure and reincarnation. That's basically the enslavement of your soul. Yeah. And Homeboy also says that the life review, like the life flashing before your eyes thing, is meant to guilt trip you into jumping back on the wheel. Mm -hmm. Which is also so fucking... Yeah. The religious leaders, you can't, no. Organized religion also in on the con, all of it. Big Jesus wants you trapped in samsara.
3: Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. And to,
3: so that they can feast off of our Our louche.
2: Yeah. Whatever. We'll get to the louche. We'll get to the louche. Yeah. But Homeboys points to the fact that, as evidence for this, that near death experiences across different cultures are very different, but they're all what people expect to see based off their religious programming. Which isn't, according to Homeboy, because that's just probably how it fucking works for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ted, that you probably see your religious iconography
3: when yes. you're expecting. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, no, that's evidence that your religion's in on the con. Oh, right. Right. I don't know how to describe this tactic, but it's this ass ass backwards fucking logic that just he's over and over again. I'm not sure what the name of that fallacy or whatever is, but it's like try. Doing shit in the wrong direction. I don't know.
3: Yeah. It reminds me of like, I don't know, someone getting mad at their significant other because um, they cheated on them in a dream. And it's like, well, no, don't get mad at your significant other. Examine yourself and your jealousy issues.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They, they never do, though.
3: It's like it's go- going the wrong direction. Also, um, dreams, the things that you see in them, yeah. not always evidence of something actually happening in reality. More often exactly. a reflection of something happening within yourself.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like there's obvious reasons why you would project your fucking. Yeah. No matter how you slice it, if you believe in an afterlife or not, like it's probably works like that. Mm-hmm. You know, unless like the Protestants are correct and it's just fucking hellfire. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: but Homeboy also argues that religious doctrines instill a sense of guilt, necessitating worship, obedience and prayers for a chance at salvation in the afterlife. That's horse and asserts that genuine salvation does not come from these parasitic entities masquerading as divine creators. Instead, it arises from within ourselves, which I can get down with. You know, that's all right. Right. Salvate, like, that's okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. Personal salvation. Yeah. Yes.
2: Homeboy emphasizes the idea of an inner divine power unrelated to any religious movement. Each individual is considered a source of energy and their own savior. And Homeboy says not to ever give up your own power to external entities.
3: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But well, like, chill out a little bit.
3: Exactly. <laughs> no, like, chill out
2: like a lot. Chill out. Also, like, holy shit, please, would someone teach these people what a fucking metaphor is? Mm. What nuance is? Mm. Holy shit. I mean, but also, that's kind of the internet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just what we've done to everything. Right? Yeah. Now, you might be wondering that, like, a lot of the tone of this, I'll call it a piece, <laughs> a lot of the tone of this piece suggests the existence of divinity. Which would ne- necessitate something divine, like God and shit. So, how could God allow this to happen? Do you think you're going to solve the problem of evil in our fucking Reddit post, <laughs> it's not, not happening. But Homeboy does have an answer. Uh, Willow, if you'd please.
3: Yes. Each being in this universe, whether malevolent or benevolent, has free will. Ask yourself, why are we humans allowed to enslave the animals here on Earth? Why are we allowed to slaughter more than three billion animals on a daily basis? Why are we allowed to keep animals locked up in farms and cages until the day they die? Why are we allowed to be so cruel to other life forms? Why? Because we, just like these entities do, have free will. From our perspective, we do these things because we need something from them, which is energy in the form of physical food. We think we're entitled to do what we do because we're superior to them and because we need to survive. We perceive these things to be normal and part of life. From the perspective of the animals however, if they were aware of it, we would be their reptilians since we operate just like them. But we never really see ourselves that way. We don't think we're the bad guys because all we're trying to do is survive. The entities don't see themselves as the bad guys either since they're also trying to survive. What we do to the animals is almost exactly like what these beings do to us. And they need to keep us imprisoned here to feed off of us, just like the farmers keep their cattle locked up in farms and stables to get what they need from them.
2: I love that, like, homeboy from earlier, other guy, who had a a weird dinner, just never bothered to read the pin post on the subreddit before firing off a post of his own. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) I
3: would also like to point out, um, factory farming is awful.
2: It's awful and it shouldn't be. But...
3: Can we also acknowledge that most people have never slaughtered an animal? Like this idea Most people have not, yeah. 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 No, most people have never even seen where their meat comes from. Most people don't even think about it. Right. So, this idea that they're contributing to like this beast of suffering, like, well, I I mean, yeah, sure. But people aren't, you know, most people don't directly interact with their food that way, the way that this guy's talking about.
2: And when you do, you know, like,
3: And maybe that's the evil that we don't—that so many people are so detached from their food source.
2: That's exactly it. You know. You know when uh, because like I've I've hunted deer when I was a a littler guy, and I need to hunt again, but I do not want to Mm -hmm. because it sucks. Yeah. Like it's not. I did not enjoy shooting a deer. Right. That fucking sucks. However, it is the if you're going to eat meat and you can do that it's the moral imperative mm-hmm. you kind of have to
3: I don't think it's wrong to say that like the way we do it in factories and like massive terrible. farms it's isn't like, normal it's like abhorrent. that's not that's not normal
2: it's like the most evil thing i can fucking think of
3: right but know? slaughtering animals to survive totally normal yeah most people though haven't ever done it
2: right There. i mean we have such a fucked up relationship with death in society yeah that oh Picking up the tarot card. We have such a fucked up relationship with death that like, yeah, we abstract it instead of getting, getting our hands dirty and, and, and like knowing it.
3: I mean, how many kids know that a chicken nugget is like, oh, they pick it up and think like, this is a bird. You <sighs> know?
2: <laughs> you gotta be careful how you break that news to him. Right? <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I can't, you know. Yeah. The person who wrote this has never slaughtered anything. No. No. Well, next comes the first evidence section. Uh, first, Homeboy presents past life regressions from an Italian fella named Caligero Grisafi, um, and writes, "I've analyzed more than four hundred sessions of his with different clients from all over the world. But the following sessions are one of the most significant sessions he's posted in English that you need to see for yourself. I couldn't. I could only find ones in Italian that where they had subtitles, but like that doesn't play for radio, so." i just pulled it from from the piece Do you want to read the sessions
3: yes so session one it's about an entity masquerading as jesus to entrap souls upon earth it's an investigative session on the reincarnation cycle to find out what happens to a soul in between lives and it shows how a soul is being deceived by astral entities to reincarnate back on earth okay mm. session two It's about how reptilian entities interfere with us during and after our lives on Earth. I mean, Alien Love Bites episode. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Session three reveals things about alien technology and how the entities use religions in their favor and against us. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we got session four.
2: You got session four and five.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Session four, a client reveals that Earth acts as a soul reincarnation trap for anyone who incarnates here. Those Where do the souls come from? That's what I want to know. It's a good question. I mean, the population's increased like a a fuckload. So where are all those new souls coming from if we're all just reincarnating? I think they
2: answer it somewhere in there, but like... They better. Yeah. I think it has something to do with other planets and shit.
3: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Session five, that Italian dude, it's about the unmasking of a client's spirit guide, which turned out to be nothing more than an energetic parasite pretending to be the client's... the, The spirit guide. Yeah. Yeah, these fucking, yeah, these energy parasites. Yeah.
2: I mean, listen, like, one, that's one dude's fucking <laughs> hypnotic regression is fucked. Oh, it's so fucked. It's fucked. Like,
3: it's very much um, smacks of Dolores Cannon, who's in our yeah. intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
2: it like, I mean, she's in here as well. It's all, it's all of it, because, like, I mean, well, again, nuance and metaphor and shit. But he also cites, like, alien abductee, Truman Cash, et cetera, et cetera. The problem here is it's just cherry-picked, right? Like
3: It's also—you're literally—you're hypnotizing people and then taking what they're saying as the truth. It's like if I put you back into the doors of your mind, yeah, Sequoia, right? right, right, right. And then we interpreted that as if you had visited, like, a real place. Yeah, like a know? space
2: station. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like
3: that was real. Right. You know? So— when you're hypnotizing someone, you're learning a lot about, you know, their perception of life after death, their relationship with the afterlife and, like, how they perceive all of those things. But you're not really learning any actual truthful information about the universe. Right, too. right. Like-,
2: like, well, like, you might be, but, like, in a very subtle nuanced way yeah that like you it that
3: might be revealed through several sessions and
2: might be and re- has to be understood as the vibes might be true but the filters are mm-hmm. the two people both the hypnotist and the person yeah um, i was gonna right? say
3: what i would be curious about is to have one person who has a very strong like memory in a past life to go back through that memory with let's say three different hypnotists See if that memory changes at all, depending on who's doing the hypnotization. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Also, like, the idea of escaping the wheel of life and death is old as fuck. Oh, yeah. Like- Timeless. It's old as fuck, and it doesn't necessarily- you don't necessarily need to put this, like, sci-fi literalization on it. hmm You know what I mean? Like, I just don't- I don't get that. Like, it can just- it can just be. But also, we're, we'll get into some- Old shit in a minute. Uh, the next evidence presented is remote viewing, and Homeboy does that same trick. Again. Where first he talks about how the CIA invented remote viewing, which is a reduction, but whatever, and then presents shit from the Farsight Institute huh? uh, that dealt with this prison planet thing. Claims they're the best remote viewers in the world, and then uses the CIA remote viewing shit, like you know that it exists, as evidence for the validity of the Farsight stuff.
3: Oh, I've been meaning to cover their ass.
2: I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, just because CIA used remote viewing does not say anything about, does not prove for an instant that what this Farsight Institute is saying as is the
3: truth. That reptilians are farming us? Yeah.
2: Or like the credit that there are the best remote viewers in the world or any of that. Like, doesn't mean that. He also talks about some assholes, Moksha remote viewing project, which I, I have a clip from. And after that, it's more grifters. David Icke. Some person claiming to be ex-CIA named Val Valerian. Alex Collier, veritable rogues gallery of pieces of shit. In the subreddit sidebar, there's a whole list of all the sources and references and shit. Like, Actually, let's listen to a clip from David Icke that's linked in the sidebar. Oh, boy. Yeah. Sure. Can I ask, why
0: do they want to do this, the manipulators? Why not get rid of us? Why keep us around? Why keep stringing us along? We must have some value to them if that's what they're doing.
1: Well, yes we do, and I, 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 I can sum it up in a scene from The Matrix. Uh, when is that
2: movie made by them, or was that alternative media, or is it hard to tell? It's hard to tell. Because um, they're throwing us a bone every now and then. Yeah, So we yeah. feel like we know what's going on.
1: Well, yeah, and, and also, you know, um, just a quick aside, um, the world they want to take us into, and we are going into, unless we wake up, is so fantastically different from the world we've known that they have a big problem with that, that chasm. So I'm not saying this is about the matrix, possibly, but I'm not not saying it for sure, but I am saying it for sure about this stream of movies, year after year after year after year, that are portraying the very dystopian machine controlled society that they want to take us into. Because it's called preemptive programming. What they're doing is systematically making us subconsciously, consciously too more and more, but subconsciously familiar with that world. So that as it comes in for real, it's less of a chasm, it's less of a shock because we're being prepared for it. Because it's all a mind game, it's all a perception game. The whole uh, uh, thing is uh, a perception game. So what Morpheus did in the Matrix movie, is he held up a battery and he said um, basically the machines have turned human into one of these, which is an energy source. And you remember the, the scenes in the, in the Matrix of, of the babies and having their, their energy uh, trawled? If, if you look at common themes uh, of ancient cultures um, and of uh, people I've spoken to uh, on the inside of the system, uh, particularly in America, um, there is a common theme that these entities, um, feed of human low vibrational energy.
2: <laughs> Man.: Yeah. So also they're not only fucking with our afterlife, they're fucking with society and shit too. Yeah.: Here's the thing. We are batteries for a, a machine mm-hmm. that exists on a different plane. Right?: Yep, it's the plane of ideas and shit. We also machine do is civilization.
3: Undergo negative entity attacks. Oftentimes, those entities are thoughts.
2: Yeah. Complexes, you might call them. Yes. Organized groups of information, Information. which is a different plane. Yeah. Which is the whole fucking...
3: (laughs) Right? (laughs) hmm.
2: I believe in secret societies again.
3: Yeah. No, No, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was reflecting on when I was in my more, like, tranced out psychedelic psychotic state i would have these moments where people would like be mean to me or rude to me for no reason yeah and i would rationalize it as them being under a negative entity attack (laughs) You you know and i was reflecting on that yesterday and i was like well, in an abstract way, yeah, not untrue, not untrue. <laughs> like, yeah, you know,
2: like the madness only comes in when you turn it all literal.
3: Yeah, when you make it like really fucking literal, and you're like, that person is literally possessed by like an astral demon.
2: Yeah, like that you could like you know see and and like fight. You know, right? You could get into fisticuffs with. It's, nah, that's not what plane means. Right. If it was something like a person, it'd be on this plane, but. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, David. Fair enough. Um, another link in the sidebar will bring you to a website. Humans are free. Oh. And these fuckasses talk about how strange alien gods came and gave man knowledge to build civilizations and such. But where did they come from? Willow, if you,
3: please. So, who were these gods that came and gave humankind this knowledge? From where did they come? They're not of the Earth. They came to enslave humankind, to demand flesh and blood sacrifices, including human sacrifices. They demanded to be worshipped, and as we read in the Old Testament, Jehovah would destroy entire races or have his chosen people destroy them for him. The Gnostics called these gods the Archons, Don Juan called them the Predators. (laughs) These gods have been feeding off of humanity for thousands of years. They consider us their herd, just as we consider farm animals, as above, so below.
2: So, I mean, you knew it was coming, right? It's one degree from anti-Semitism literally every fucking time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Continuing.
3: They feed off of our negative emotions and energies, and they feed off of our worship to them. They especially like blood and suffering, so they create conflict violence and wars between men notice most wars were between religions but they also control us through religions ideologies governments societies propaganda the media etc another way of controlling us is through reincarnation reincarnation is a form of slavery after the fall man's duration of life was drastically shortened before the present age men only lived a short average lifespan of 25 to 40 years That's not enough time to figure out what life is about, especially if they were given. If all they were given were the religions of the gods, they had to toil all day, raise their families, and then they died. After a few short years, we die in ignorance and then return again. This keeps the herd in order. Without any remembrance, we are imprisoned in ignorance, without the proper tools to break free. We find ourselves in a matrix, where an artificial light construct has been overlaid upon the real world. As in the movie The Matrix, we are simply batteries that the gods feed off of. This is our plight. Where we are born, we die in a matrix as food for evil entities. And, of course, they have their minions here on Earth to keep the herd in line. So the next question is, what happens when we die? When we die, we enter the Cosmic Matrix, another false light construct which we call heaven. Our souls are trapped within this prison of the gods. After some time... Oh my god... After some time in the false heavens, we return again in the same cycle. This is called the Wheel of Samsara, the cycle of birth and death. Yeah. This brings me back to, you know, when we were talking about like simulation theory and it's like, you know what? I don't fucking care if this is all computer simulated or if this is a dream. I'm experiencing it the way I'm experiencing it, which seems pretty damn real to me, whatever real means. So like in a matrix, not in a matrix, false heaven, real heaven, if I'm experiencing it, who fucking gives a fuck?
2: And also, like, maybe it's just part of the fucking food chain, man. Yeah. Like, in which case- Whatever. You know, that's how- It sometimes it do be like that.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I, I am happy to give my body in service of making the soil more nutrient rich.
2: Yeah, but they're not thinking of it like this, and like, no. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I mean, we'll get we'll get back to that. I think when we talk about the tarot card, at the
0: yeah. End. <laughs>
2: um. So, yeah. Now,
3: I just like that they they think that heaven is like fake too. That like yeah, anybody yeah, who says yeah. that they've had gone to heaven, like that was fake. Yeah.
2: They, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a fake heaven. All fake. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what they think. The real. They don't know. They don't know what the real one is. Yeah, no. Know, fuck, and this guy's just a fucking Nazi. <laughs> so back to those super fantastic remote viewers. This is the, from, on Odyssey, this means I can't take a clip from it at the right time. This is the, the Moksha remote viewing project, which means some fucking energy word or whatever the fuck. Uh, the thing is, um, y'all can't see it, audience, but like never trust a psychic who looks as well-groomed as this motherfucker. Just just don't. They should look like shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Get an eyeball on this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We th- we believe make up this database or this matrix that informs so, physical...
3: I don't like the look
2: of him. Yeah, no, no, no. He's a weasel. It's apparently, he he's a super awesome remote viewer, and he had a bunch of other super awesome remote viewers remote viewing the uh, prison planet. The title of the video is, Psychic Project on the Matrix, The Unveiling of the Soul Lush Harvesting, Samsara and the Reincarnation Trap.
0: By remote viewing, by me personally, done blind, done in a very uh, rigorous manner using a structured remote viewing technique. If multiple viewers hadn't come up with the same information describing the same mechanics, the same groups that are responsible... Uh, it would probably be even difficult for me to believe and this is why you know when remote viewers go back, they're going directly to the source they're going directly to the underlying patterns of information that we th- we believe make up this database or this matrix. That you don't fucking know. physical reality. and so there's no third party at least that we're aware of by accessing remote viewing data. It's just just the facts. And so if it wasn't, the story's pretty out there. It's pretty out there, but, uh, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, use your own discernment in this, and, uh, you know, my the purpose of this video, the purpose of this YouTube channel, and uh, the content that I'm producing is really just to share the information so that you can make your own mind up. So to begin with, I'm going to start with a description of the site, which is essentially what is around surrounding the target, before we jump down into specifics and uh, then also the contextual data that answers a number of different questions about Moksha. When we originally described this site, it's a fence or a grid around a place. This acts as a barrier. It collects and traps people, things, or objects. This is actually an innocent planet that is being used in an unintended way. And this meters the flow and acts as a checkpoint and an access point for an external force. Uh, One viewer described it as similar to hocus-pocus in, in a way of its, its energetics that the viewer wasn't familiar with. And it's occurring on a crowded planet. It's a deliberate function that acts as a cage. People have been dispersed here and a form of perverted injustice is occurring. A third viewer described it as a large naturally formed object like a planet that acts as an animal pen. This is a refugee camp tucked away out of sight and a magnetic force. It stirs, agitates, and it works in a cylindrical manner, like clockwork over a long expanse of time. Uh, In my session, my work described a planetary system that's extremely crowded and jammed. Ghostly voices are flooding into this place, and it's incredibly harrowing for them. Uh, It's a bone-chilling experience. Uh, as a viewer, when I remote-viewed this, I had descriptions that it made me upset in the session. It elicited contempt for what was going on at the site. Okay. But-
2: okay, that's enough.
0: I'm sick of them.
3: Man, I was going through one of the books linked in the description. Yeah. Archons, Otherworldly Rulers Through the Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fucking crazy book.
2: That's a crazy book. It goes through the oh, yeah. the
3: seven planetary rulers and dark archons, and, like, it. it talks about... You know, basically the seven archangels, instead of them, it's like Asmodeus, Lucifer, Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's wild. It's
2: this modern fucked up Gnosticism that, like, I'm not, I'm not sure. There's an odd consistency here. It's between, fun.
3: I kind of like it.
2: Like, it, yes, but the effect is not good.
3: Oh, the effect is horrible.
2: And I'm, there's an odd consistency that I'm wondering how much is, like intentional between some of these fuckers, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or if it's just, you know, scare people, get them by your shit, right?
3: Well, uh, uh, it's also, there's definitely, um, you know, and I hate to go here, but there's a little bit of a a Nazi slant on this stuff. Like there's a whole chapter in here about, um, Saturn and communism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I mean you you think like this is if none of this is real and none of this is good if 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 um if you're just going to be trapped in this fucking awful hell over and over and over again unless you follow the right way and escape the thing like oh yeah why not just go die for a fucking cause
3: right and i just got to the page in the book where um they have a map of a nazi concentration camp and they say, what do you see? The Nazis were able to build concentration camps in geometrically perfect shapes and forms, but you would in no way consider this geometry to be holy and sacred. So then what do recurrent hexagonal structures in nature prove? What if God was not the creator? What, what if the Demiurge is just insane and intelligent? We'll get
2: back to the Demiurge. God. So that, that video we just heard was titled some goddamn thing about Loosh, right? Yes. So god damn it. We got to talk about the loosh.
3: Of course, back to Monroe Institute.
2: Yeah, loosh, the loosh. Is a term that comes from our old buddy Bob Monroe. We all know Bob. Give it up for Bob everybody. Hell yeah. Bob mm, Monroe,
1: fuck yeah. Yeah, Bob.
2: Yeah. yeah. Now, starting in Bob Monroe's book Far Journeys, Bob wrote about an out of body astral travel experience he had where he saw that earth was a sort of garden. Created by these large multi dimensional aliens farming their favorite delicacy, a louche. in this vision is an emotional energy produced through humanity's most meaningful moments joy, love, sorrow, courage, surrender, uh, terror, all of it produces louche. Cool. So, yeah. So, in Monroe's context, louche is described as a metaphysical energy that's highly prized in the universe, generated from human beings during emotional experiences. Um, so, in Far Journeys, Bob talks about this this vision where he sees Earth as basically an energy farm for Loosh, or a Loosh garden. Um, and he talks about how, uh, he talks about the notion that humans were specifically created by some superior intelligence, an alien or divine entity, to produce this energy. Like, literally a garden. Like, there's mm-hmm. these mechanisms to harvest the plants that are people and... And do the thing. Um, And uh, every aspect of our lives, every experience, emotion, or situation we encounter has been carefully crafted to generate the maximum amounts of louche. Which is essentially like meaning, our highs and lows, our joys and sorrows. Right. All part of the grand louche garden. Right. Bob also mentions different types of louche, categorized by the circumstances in which it was produced. For example, leash generated from animals dying in fear or pain is of a different quality to leash created through human experiences.
0: Um, and here
3: comes in, like, you know, the conspiracy theories about adrenochrome sure. being harvested from sure, tortured sure, sure. children because that's the elite need, they need the torture in order yes. to, to have the best adrenochrome, right? And the most strong.
2: Well, actually.
3: But in, in this, is it opposite? It's is opposite. Is that the weakest?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the best louche is love.
3: Mm-hmm. Know. Of course. Yeah. As it should be.
2: You're right. You know, and in Monroe's uh, vision, it's because upon death our memories are wiped clean and we're reincarnated to continue the cycle of louche production. And he talks about the different types of louche. Yeah, animal louche. Animals generate a lower, more basic form of louche, particularly when they experience intense emotions such as fear or pain. The death of an animal, especially if it's sudden or violent, is described as a powerful source of this kind of louche. Then there's human louche. The generated by humans is seen as more complex and potent than that produced by animals. to yeah. our capacity for a broader range of emotions and experiences. Everyday joys and sorrows, struggles and victories all produce louche. Negative louche is situations of extreme emotional distress or physical suffering generate their own type of louche. Positive louche, positive emotions such as love, joy, and ecstasy also generate louche. This positive louche is portrayed as being especially valuable and sought after in the metaphysical economy. Mm-hmm. And then there's death louche, which is a cool name
3: yeah. yeah
2: death louche the moment of death is described as a peak louche generating event, a culmination of the life force and experiences of the individual. The energy produced at death is yeah it's it's the last release of the louche and then there's louche from collective emotions, large scale events that evoke strong 9-11. Oh,
3: so I was no. gonna say so much louche on 9-11. so
2: much louche on nine eleven but like here's the here's the thing we'll get back to Metaphor again. But, like, if you're going to take this as true gospel, like a lot of fucking people do, yeah. Um, then there would be no reason for, well, for 9 11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you, we'd all just be literally partying all the fucking time. If the best louche is the happy louche, come on. Like,
3: well, maybe it's the best because it's more rare.
2: Or do you think they're trying to cap the supply of the good louche?
3: I don't, I think that louche is something that humans generate.
2: Well, yeah, but, but, like...
3: But, like, the, the Archons are uh, manipulating the circumstances what, what, to make us produce the type of louche that they want.
2: We're just talking about the Bob louche.
3: Okay, the the Monroe type of...
2: Yeah, we're just talking about Monroe's, Monroe's thing.
3: Well, I would say that that is, is true. From personal experience, whenever I'm having trouble, like, overcoming a certain challenging situation, when I approach it, like, from a, a stance of self-love or from a loving standpoint, yeah. I'm able to overcome it, like, a lot more quickly and easily. Sure,
2: yeah, 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 but, like... If there was an alien gardener, yeah, and he's trying to get the premium louche, Mm-hmm. why is he creating bad experiences?
3: Well, who's creating bad experiences? The, the
2: aliens, or yeah, the- yeah, yeah, like as the yeah as the gardener, you know, yeah. just in Monroe's vision, it's carefully crafted to generate the maximum amount of louche. Mm-hmm. I'm just poking holes in the in the idea of taking this yeah truly literally because people do
3: like you can't. It falls apart so quickly,
2: very very quickly, and now like. It's not clear how Bob meant this. Like it was certainly a vision that had particular importance to it.
3: No, I I get it. This vision of like an unseen realm that is driven by emotions. Sure.
2: And that, that this that our whole realm isn't is generating a type of power or a type
3: of And that it's um more or less unique to animals and humans. Yeah. Specifically humans. Because I do think that unlike machines, unlike plants, unlike certain species of animals, we have this ability to have an instinctual reaction and then a secondary reaction. Well, we have memories that we reflect on. We have automatic responses, but then we also have emotional responses that are com- complex.
2: Well, what we have is the ability to place meaning on things. Yes. And I, I, would, say, I would argue that louche is a metaphor for meaning itself. You know, there's good meaning, there's bad meaning. There's...
3: Oh, uh, I think it has to do with emotion.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the mean, emotion I generated think- from experiences... And I guess from the meaning that you apply to them.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that the more meaning a thing has, the more emotions are associated with it, Mm -hmm. good and bad. And it's like us and not all, but some animals that have the ability to place
3: meaning on things. Right. And I do get this idea of like our emotional bodies, like our louche, our energy is coming into contact with other people's louche. Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, like in this other world, all of us are kind of like floating energy bodies that are either full of love or terror or fear. And that impacts the energetic, like, w- what's present in the room. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is whatever emotional output those people are generating. Absolutely. a battery.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, like, you know what we're doing right now? Yeah. We're slipping into metaphor. We're talking in metaphor because that's naturally what we do. And we're like, oh, yeah, this does mean something. Like, this is, yeah, we can talk about this idea. Right. Right.
3: <laughs> but to literalize.
2: Yeah. Which, um, now, Bob Monroe may have actually believed this. Mm-hmm. It's not actually clear. But just because we stand Bob Monroe here at the Nonsense Bazaar doesn't fucking mean everything his ass ever wrote was 100% literally true. Oh, God, no. Nuance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. Now, Back in the intro to, to all this stuff, Esoteric Ninja wrote about how, whoa, they read Bob Monroe's book, and then they read Rudolf Steiner, and holy shit, like, Rudolf Steiner was saying the same thing and shit. So that means it's more likely to be true, right? Because Rudolf Steiner was saying the same... No, again, like, this is bad rhetoric. It doesn't prove this either, but no one what we know, I'd say that the very... There's at the very least, and I'm being generous here, an equal chance that Bob Monroe read Rudolph fucking Steiner.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Like it's a, Oh, yeah.
2: It's like all these assholes on the internet, like, sorry, assholes, but like, I, I think they think they're the first people to ever read shit.
3: Mm-hmm. Nah,
2: like, people are influenced by things. Yeah. That's a complete sentence. Like, it's kind of silly that it has to be said, but like, people are influenced by things. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. For example, like, fucking this... You know, had to come before this, right? Yep. And like, I Watching the fucking Matrix and then seeing similarities between like Bob Monroe's Loosh and Rudolf Steiner and using it as proof that it's all true is like hearing this. And then listening to Jimi Hendrix and T-Bone Walker and coming to the conclusion that there's a literal guitar god that you can go... Sell your soul to at the crossroads, who must have taught all these guys right how to play guitar, yeah, you know
3: it's got kind of, whoa, he's doing kind of the same the same thing, right?
2: No, 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 no. they they
3: they must have all met the same guy right they, they must have all got it from same... the
2: same source, yeah, no. they listened to each other, yeah. they built it off of other stuff other humans did, right. yeah, because it's how the fucking it's not the best metaphor, but it's what I came up with. Anyway, the all along the Watchtower of Prison Planet lore is uh, Yaldabaoth and the Archons of Gnosticism. <laughs> it ain't the earliest, but it'll be referenced throughout the rest of time. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've talked we talked about this um, last week. We did. But in Gnostic traditions, Archons are typically understood as rulers aligned with the Demiurge, considered to be the creator of the physical world. The term archon comes from the Greek word for ruler or lord, and you'll see archons pop up over and over again in this shit. They are uh, often depicted as malevolent or misguided beings who rule over the material world and are in opposition to spiritual enlightenment and development. They serve under the demiurge, who is typically seen as ignorant of the spiritual realm beyond his own creations, and thus creates a flawed and imperfect material world.
3: Yeah, poor old demiurge who thinks that he created this world, but actually, like, sorry, bro, you're you're not yes. actually God, but he thinks he is.
2: Now we covered this last. Last week. But it's worth going over again. Sophia. Sophia is one of the Aeons.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Divine beings that existed in the fullness of the divine, known as the Pleroma. Just hanging out in the boundless divine reality, as Aeons do. The thing about Sophia is she was not content to just sit around being all divine. Nope. She had dreams of creation. Sophia went rogue. She decided to produce a being of her own outside of the Pleroma and away from the watchful, paranoid eye of God. The being she produced is what we would, in technical terms, describe as a fuck-up. Oh, yeah. This being named Yaldabaoth is a malformed entity, unaware of anything outside of himself.
3: Kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, like a toddler or just a person. Yeah. A human.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But he basically wakes up one day, thinks, well, I guess I'm God because I can't see anyone else around me. And he's also known as the Demiurge. So the Demiurge creates an entire physical world like an idiot in a sandbox and impressed with his creation, he creates some middle managers to oversee it. Yes. The Archons. According to the Gnostics, the Gnostics, the material world, our world, is fundamentally flawed. A far cry from the perfect divine pleroma. It's like trying to forge a Picasso with finger paint while drunk. And the finger paint is shit.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sophia, realizing her mistake, tries to fix things. In some versions of the myth, Sophia manages to infuse humanity, one of the demiurge's creations, with a spark of divine knowledge. This divine spark is what allows humans to potentially know their true origins and strive for a reunion with the pleroma. However, the Archons, being the shitty middle managers tasked with keeping shit running, are going to do their gosh darn best to make that not happen. So there's no one universal depiction of Archons, as Gnostic texts vary widely, and there's no universal depiction of anything in Gnosticism.
3: Right, because there's a bunch yeah. of different sects, that yeah. different stuff, and yeah. there is and everything. Yeah, yeah.
2: And there's, you know, some Gnostics who truly hate the physical world. Mm-hmm. There's some Gnostics that love it and see it as part of the whole thing.
3: It's our cross to bear. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: You know, but there are common themes attributed to Archons, including like hindering the spiritual progress of humans, generating illusion, and maintaining the material world in which human souls are entrapped. But their function is more administrative than divine, more like bureaucrats. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The Archons' key attribute, and perhaps their defining flaw, is their ignorance of anything beyond their own domain. They are wholly unaware of the divine realms that exist beyond the material plane they govern, much like their father, the Demiurge. This limitation in their knowledge and understanding essentially forms the basis of their existence and function. However, the Archons can be more ominous at times as well. In some Gnostic texts, these entities are portrayed as like, intentionally hindering the spiritual advancement of human beings. Okay. As gatekeepers, preventing the divine spark within humans from realizing its true origin and potential.
3: Negative entities.
2: Yeah, they don't, they're, they're creations of the Demiurge who wants his people staying in his little fucking sandbox.
3: Mm-hmm, staying in his prison, yeah. you know? He wants all of his friends here, even though we're not really his friends, we don't really know him.
2: Right, we playthings. Yeah. The idea here is that through Gnosis- He's like
3: Sid in Toy Story. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, very much so. I, they never picked up on that, though. That never makes it into any of these fucking, whenever they go ham on a piece of popular media. You
3: know? Oh, my God. Somebody on Escaping Prison Planet, do a deep dive into Toyster. I know you guys do cover all the other fucking Disney movies. Right. It's just, it's a
2: little too nuanced for them to get that metaphor. Oh, but it would be perfect. I know it is. It's just, it's just right outside
3: their ability. The humans are, ability. are the archons playing with the toys yeah. that like, you know, but yeah.
2: Yeah. They're trying to get back to Andy. Yep. Yeah. Andy can be seen as the...
3: Uh, <laughs> and yet these toys don't know where they came from.
2: They're The original man, Andy, like anthro, uh, you know, anthro is the pr- prefix that means human. Yes. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make me do all the work for you, you fucking assholes. There's something there. There's something there. But the idea here is that through gnosis or knowledge, you know, humans have the ability to recognize and cultivate the divine spark within, just trans- thus transcending the material world and its rulers, the Archons. However, achieving such gnosis is no small feat, especially with these cosmic administrators putting stumbling blocks along the path. As for scholarly interpretations of archons, there's a couple perspectives. Some scholars view archons as symbolizing the different aspects of the human psyche that can hold a person back from spiritual development. Elements such as ego, ignorance, desire, and fear. Other interpretations see archons as representing uh, oppressive socio-political powers of the material world. Corporations! Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, government, just ideas, right? The ideas of civilizations, symbolizing the rulers and systems that have control over individual lives. Yet other... Congress. Yeah, yeah, it's the archons. But yet other interpretations, like the magical interpretation, is like archons are like the planets. hmm Right? The, the wandering stars. Yeah. Right? You see these spherical beings, essentially, things moving on their own all around that seem to have this like, clock-like hold on, on humanity. You know, through the uh, thing that just kind of seems to be true when you start acknowledging it. For some reason, there's cycles of things that match where how planets move around in the sky. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, here's David Icke on the Archons. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they said that the uh, Demiurge Archons had no creative imagination and envy humans because we have. They're like cyborgs. Again, we're coming back to the inorganic. It's like cyborgs, a robotic race that can imitate but not innovate. And the word they used was counter-mimicry. Now, what it, what they were saying, in effect, is if you gave these Archons a blank sheet of paper, they could create nothing on it. They don't have that creative imagination, that what was called intentionality. But you give them something with um, a piece of paper with something on it, and they can twist it and manipulate it once it exists. Um, And they talked, they used the term fantasia because these entities, they said, just as the Islamic people say about the jinn, have the ability to create virtual reality illusions. They're mind parasites. They possess humanity and um, manipulate the way they perceive everything. And they say the word you could use more than any about the archons was deception. They are deceivers. And what they create is an inversion of the natural order, which will become so crystal clear as we go along. Why? Interesting, like we, we see these different names and actually for the same thing. The, the, the uh, classic Satan is called the deceiver and the demon of demons, as this demiurge is called the archon of archons, the Lord Archon. Now, as I've kind of studied this and, and put it together, it seems to me that what we're looking at is what I would call a self-aware distortion. And it's self-aware inversion. This is why the first two hours of today was so important. (laughs) Everything is conscious. Even a distortion is conscious. Even an inversion is conscious, but it's conscious in a way that reflects the inversion and the distortion. Um, And if you look at what we call evil, it is live written backwards. Evil is simply an inversion of life, an inversion of perception. And evil is extreme ignorance, which is the inversion of truth and awareness. And because this force, this archontic force, shall I call it, is an inversion, an inversion of life, that's why it and anything attached to it is obsessed with death, which is an inversion of life. And so you get the Satanists who worship these gods in their rituals obsessed with death. That's why they're attracted to churchyards and cemeteries and stuff.
2: So David Eck does not know what the fuck he's talking about, first of all, it's clearly.
1: Oh,
3: never.
2: Like, that's truly nonsense. Yep. Especially like I love this that they do evil is live backwards.
3: Irrefutable proof.
2: In English that's true. Yeah. In modern English that's true. It's not true in other languages though. Well And if you're going back if you're throwing it back to the days of the Gnostics and shit. It's you especially know especially not true. Yeah. Especially when there's a language used then that like that type of um that type of wordplay is actually like really important to the mystical study of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's true in Hebrew, which is where you'd want it to be true to. It's true. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. To really drive it home. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. English is kind of only meaningful in the context of David Icke's eight hour fucking stage performance. Mm. And from AscensionHelp.com, Willow, if you please.
3: The corrupt Demiurge is an entropic system of artificially induced separation consciousness that is slowly dying and it depends on harvesting the energy from the souls incarnated within its system in order to preserve its existence. In order to harvest the largest amount of soul energy possible, it created the Dark-Light-Duality paradigm to ensure that every being incarnated on a world that is under its spell would serve as a soul battery to help keep the Demiurge energized. The good souls would seek out the false light team and the bad souls would seek out the dark team, but unknown to most of those souls, they're all serving the same team. In order to keep the duality game interesting for its participants, the Demiurge set up densities of existence that initiates on the dark and light paths could ascend through. This gives the beings moving through these densities a feeling of accomplishment when, in fact, they are navigating through a labyrinth of Demiurgic illusion. The Players at the higher levels of the hierarchy know that they are in a self-serving system, but they're fine with the deal, because they get to wield power and receive the energy of worship from the beings further down the ladder. Mm. Now, what about the spiritual hierarchy? Most channeled beings will claim to be affiliated with the false light-based spiritual hierarchy, including archangels, ascended masters, and positive ETs. These channeled messages are a dime a dozen, a dime a (laughs) thousand, and more keep pouring out every day. The dirty little secret is that these beings are beholden to the corrupt demiurge and are waging a psychological battle on people that don't want to be associated with any formal religious structure. In other words, the New Age is a multi-dimensional psychological operation designed to channel the soul energy of believers of these teachings up to the ascended teachers.
2: And that's fun. You know, I don't know. I was like seeing some enemy in my enemy shit. You know? Yeah,
3: I, I love it.
2: Yeah, but these poor fuckers are spiraling down a drain of paranoia that there's really no coming back from. Mm-mm. And I you know, I wanted to go I wanted to look at uh this website called trickbythelight.com. Let's see if do we have time? Yeah, we got some time.
3: Oh, I've been on this website Yeah.
2: Um I don't even really want to condense any of this. I just kinda of want to poke around and have a chuckle or two to cap this off. You've yeah of course you've been on this website. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh it's a there's a lot, man. There's a lot here. This fucking guy his whole thing is, well, it's, it's this, and it's this old ass like website, but there's a, there's under a uh, trickster goes into some great pop culture paranoia about like a lot about how evil Peter Pan is, but there's like, there's, there's novels worth writing on this. this uh,
3: Peter Pan is evil. Fuck Peter Pan.
2: Well, yeah. I, all right. Fair enough. The devilish horned God Pan, the satyr from Saturn and the satanic occult hidden meaning behind Disney's Peter Pan. Playful Pan, Pan, Hook, Neverland, the Pied Piper, plus the Lost Boys, the Wind in the Willows, the Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Pan's Labyrinth, Legend, Lawnmower Man, the Call of Cthulhu, Mozart's The Magic Flute, and Michael Jackson's Neverland. Pan is is the satyr from Saturn in this satire called Life. As the Pied Piper, he has the whole Earth dancing to the tune of his pipe. Pan is a mysterious, artificial-looking moon of Saturn, the Lord of the Rings. Could it be that the rings of Saturn are broadcasting a signal that interferes with us? Wow! Oh, you can't just get that high on fucking wordplay and go for it. Like, come on! Before, (laughs) so he (sighs) basically he totally fucks up the whole thing about how like like, Peter. Yeah, obviously, Pan comes from the god Pan. Like, obviously, right? Right? Like, that's yeah. Obviously, the Pied Piper is like an old ass story. The Pied Piper, where a a Pied Piper lures children children of God, sparks of light, through a portal into a giant rock. The story of Peter Pan is quite possibly the single most important metaphor for understanding our relationship to nature and what lies after death. Peter Pan symbolizes Pan, the horned god of nature that pagans and Wiccans worship as the lord. Pan has been associated with the devil. Peter Pan is the Pied Piper who lures children to Neverland with the siren wind song of nature and the magic pixie dust of DMT to join his frequency band of lost boys. Like, dude, you're so fucking close. So close. You're so fucking close, dude. So close. Pan is a playful trickster. Peter Pan means father all and was called the great white father in the book. And the white light is indeed all colored frequencies combined. Dude, Pan elicits fear and panic at the prospect of ego death. Like, you're so fucking close. So close. Like, yeah. Pan is nature. red of tooth and claw. The churning fucking meat grinder that is existence and life itself. That's- right. Th- th- yes. Yeah, that's the deal.
3: Yeah. And like, yes, Peter Pan is literally like the puer Eternus, you know, the child god who stays yeah. forever young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yes, you I could there's something there. Sure, have fun with it. But like, does it you know, it's just patterns.
2: Yeah. Like
3: it's just stories.
2: He writes, uh, we should never be afraid, but perhaps there is good reason to be at least concerned as there may be a big difference between the loss of the shadow self or ego and losing one. Losing one spirit to merge with the all. Man.
3: Like, it's just a good fairy tale. What do you want?
2: Well, Peter Pan is also one of the most world's most beloved stories. Quote, to die will be an awfully big adventure, has emerged as probably its most well-known line. The story has spun off many Disney rem- Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what? Okay. This is a whole website. You can have a lot of fun. But there's- Yeah,
3: also Neverland is like on the moon. Hmm. Or, like, it's shown um, overlaid on top of the moon in a bunch of clouds. They, like, float up towards the moon.
2: Oh, shit. That's interesting. Never actually seen Peter Pan. You know, and he talks about the wind and the willows. The main character is lured by the haunting melody of the dream song or wind song of a giant spirit, Pan, that is called the Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yes. There's the Lost Boys. There's Pan's Labyrinth.
3: Oh, and then there's Tinkerbell, and, you know, she needs to be kept al- alive by giving her attention. Yeah. If she doesn't get enough attention, she gets
2: angry he he weaves in the lawnmower man into this too
3: fucking amazing movie if you ever want to see a monkey shoot someone
2: i've never seen it. i've heard it's i've heard it's fucking sick
3: um it's really stupid
2: word it was like early like fucking uh cgi and shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: but worth a watch
2: uh here's a great line um mozart's the magic flute was the eyes wide shut of its time <laughs> Mozart was a mastermation at the age of 35, died three months after the show's premiere. He incorporated some of the Freemasonic rituals into the opera, including blindfolded initiates and a secret brotherhood of Isis and Osiris.
3: Oh, yeah. And the rainbow.
2: Yeah. Like. Yeah, dude. Mythology exists. I, sorry, I guess. Yeah. Because that's kind of what it comes down to is that mythology exists. It's built off one another. And yeah, at its core. It's all about the fear of death.
3: Right. Because like, what is the shadow aspect of the puer turnus, the child god, the the forever boy, but the wise old man? Right. You know? Old Saturn. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Out of time. Yeah. Seriously. Like like, yeah. There's no there's no fucking corkboard fucking Pepe Silvia bullshit that you can pull off strong enough to make time not a thing, man. You don't get out. I'm sorry. But like it literally just is what it is. Yep. And I think that brings us to the tarot. Is that like I? This is like this whole fucked up version of Gnosticism, fucked up hyper literal pop culture Gnosticism. I mean, it's to me, it's emblematic of mm-hmm. um, our in the English speaking world's fucked up relationship to death in the twenty first century. Yeah. And like, and I, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking of that up until that the, the factory farming thing came up twice and it's like yeah like this does you can look at this thing as like a really uncaring machine that turns sh- shit up and spit shit out and, and life, it's all meaningless
3: it's life, and blah 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 maybe i don't know right
2: you know it doesn't
3: feel that way to me though
2: it doesn't feel that way to me no and even if even if like my shit is just because they also can't decide whether they're scared of nature or they're scared of extra natural things either.
3: Right, know? when really it's like, it seems like what they're really afraid of is other humans.
2: They're afraid of not mattering. Yeah. But it's like...
3: This idea that like all of these evils and all of, all of humans' evils is like being puppeteered by these yeah. other beings and that's the reason why horrible shit happens is as like a louche machine to create more food for the Archons is like well, what an interesting way of explaining why bad things happen.
2: Yeah, you know? absolutely. And also, well, here's a, I, I saw a um a psychologist like interviewing someone once and he was interviewing about his uh, fear of death and, you know, walked him th- through the argument that like, no, you're not actually scared of that. What you're scared of is losing control. You're scared at, at, at having no control over over something. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and personally, I find that to be imminent, like experience. Very fucking true. Because, like, if you ever had a moment, a close call, right? Like, if your car starts spinning out on the fucking, a, a situation where you could fucking die. Yeah. You're not scared. At least I'm, I'm not, right? And I've, you know, had close calls and shit and I was not scared. But in my day-to-day, if I can think about shit, yeah, that's the shit that terrifies me. Because I'm afraid of uncertainty and I'm afraid of not having control and not meaning anything. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's not the the thing itself. And just like, you know, you can sort of, they've decided to give up all, you know, control except the the internal control. Like, you know, feeding the divine spark within, like.
3: And yet they're not, most of the people in that subreddit are not doing that. They're
2: not doing that. They're
3: not finding their own faith systems. They're not empowering themselves.
2: They're not meditating. They're not fucking letting go. They're not fucking. Right. You know, try like, try writing some haikus, man. Like, just. You, in a structured way, describe the world around you with no metaphor, for you know, a handful of syllables. It's it's good for you. You should try mm-hmm. it. And like, I don't know, go st- fucking sit with death for a little while.
3: Sometimes like, death isn't always a bad thing. I mean, it's just an inevitability.
2: Well, and you know, I picked a card from the uh, from the Thoth deck, and just like the last time we talked about it, which was I forget what which episode it was, but it was fairly recently.
3: It was very recently.
2: You know the Thoth deck is it weighs out that this is the card of Scorpio, the card of transformation, regeneration, rebirth. The scene depicts yeah it's a it's a creepy black skeleton with a scythe, but there's like dead fish under him and shit. It's the there's the spiraling out from the uh from the skeleton scythe and the bubbles and st- and it's it's very much shows death as part of a cycle, as just this is the. Oh, it was um, Rapunzel. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things die and they decompose and they feed new life, and that's us. We're part of life, part of the whole thing, and it's just, it's just a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and and that's it. (laughs) And death is a part of life. And yeah, it's a raw deal. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You can't.
3: Maybe the tunnel of light is a trap. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it's. We don't know.
2: Go enjoy something, right? And then, like, understand that, like, that's the deal. Yeah. That's the fucking deal. And you don't you don't get the enjoyable thing without the price. That's it. So just fucking, I don't know, have fun.
3: Have fun, then suffer, then have fun. Yeah. Then suffer.
2: Yeah. And just understand like, wheel do, the wheel do go round and round sometimes. The wheel
3: turns. <laughs> sometimes you take the ride and you're terrified. Sometimes you take the ride and you laugh hysterically.
2: Yeah. And hey, if I am still trapped in a never ending Salvia fucking flipperoo, I, I have to live like a million lives. I'm going to become the most powerful fucking being in, <laughs> in the world, yep. you know? I'll be, I'll be a wise as shit. Or maybe that's just because I'm reading God Emperor of Dune now. And
3: that's
2: <laughs> just how it rolls.
3: Until your memory's wiped and you forget all of it.
2: Yeah, but like some people say they remember. Then they ask children (laughs) to suck (laughs) their (laughs) toes.
3: All right. Yeah.
2: All right, guys.
3: If you like what we do and you like that we're ad free and would like to keep us that way,
2: and you would like to hear more of us, you can support us on Patreon.
3: That's right. Got a bonus show on there. Got a bonus show. Got a Discord channel, too.
2: Yeah, we do. Multiple channels. We got a Discord server. Yep. There's channels within the server.
3: I don't know how that shit works. I don't know
2: either. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you can sign up there starting at $5 a month. And uh, yeah patreon.com slash nonsense bizarre you can also leave us a rating and review you can tell your friends and you can i don't know chill out be cool be all right it, it, it'll be fine <laughs> it'll all be okay. it'll, it'll be fine i don't know <laughs> maybe not who knows all right peace guys
3: peace out take care